Hey there, it's Jim Stengel, host of the CMO Podcast. We're all marketers here, so let's be real for a sec. We all know that your website shouldn't be a static asset. It should be a dynamic part of your strategy to build your brand and drive conversions. That's Marketing 101. But 54% of marketing leaders say web updates take too long. That's over half of you listening right now. And that's where Webflow comes in. Their visual-first platform allows you to build, launch, and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. So what's the first brand you remember having an impact on you? Probably Adidas. I remember going to day camp from probably when I was four or five. And my mom used to put me and my brother in green and with white stripe Adidas shorts, green and white stripe Adidas. Like literally for 10 years, I would go to camp as that kid in Adidas top and bottom. It was I mean, I embar- love it. Love probably, the image. probably embarrassing in retrospect, but you know, we used to travel for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And um, before that trip, my brother and I would get a sweatsuit. It was always an Adidas sweatsuit for the plane. It was just like something we looked forward to um, every year. Probably not as cool as it might be today, but it was what it was. Hi, I'm Jim Stengel, and I help major brands find their purpose and activate it, and the profits follow. For seven years, I was the global marketing officer for Procter & Gamble, where I oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands. You may not know it, but the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. Today, my guest on the CMO podcast is Seth Solomons. He's the CMO of Equinox. Seth is in his first year in this job, and Equinox is one of the ultimate lifestyle brands on the planet today. And in this podcast, we talk about how to grow that brand. They're going into workspaces. They're going into hotels. So this is a great conversation about how to take a great brand equity and expand it into new segments and new categories. This is my conversation with Seth Solomons. Did you work out this morning? I did. 5.45. 5.45. Tell me about your workout. This morning uh, was a pretty good beating. Uh, Soul Cycle, 5.45, Greenwich, Connecticut. Very nice. How many, how many people in the class? Sold, sold out? out? Sold out, yeah. yeah. Probably 60 bikes sold out. I like Soul Cycle. I have done that off and on. Yeah. I love it. You do a great job with that. It is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of changed my entire life to some extent, which is interesting because I've always been sort of an athlete, but I found Soul about 10 years ago and it's, it's a very good sort of full, full body mm-hmm. challenge, but it's also the, the spirituality piece and you got to find the right instructors, but you can condition yourself to find a place where you're nowhere but in that room, which for me, 45 minutes, um, almost every day, whether it's in an Equinox club or in a soul um, studio, uh, it's a good release for me. 
My go-to workout is cardio tennis outside on a beautiful morning as the sun's coming up. Super it's like zen. Super challenging. I mean, my mind totally gets off of everything but that. I'm so in the moment for like 75 minutes. Right. And heart rate's really high right. for the whole it time. It wipes you out. I mean, yeah. tennis is like, if you're and running all around the, the court. Yeah. yeah. You're, it's no a stopping to serve and all that. You know. Yep. So, it's good. So what's your go-to? Is it Soul Cycle? So two days a week. Uh, Monday, I train with a three-plus um, instructor at um, Equinox in, at 44th Street. Tuesday, Soul. Wednesday, Soul. Thursday with a tier X instructor coach at uh, 74th and 2nd, Friday, Seoul, and then summer playing golf on Saturday and Sunday. It's a good life. It's a good I, life. It's a, it's exhausting. I think I know why I changed careers, but we're going to talk about yeah, that exactly. in, a, in a few minutes. Uh, wow, that's amazing. When you travel, what do you do? So when I travel, I, I often find a Seoul or an Equinox on the road. For, for this job, which I've been in about 14 weeks, um, if I'm traveling, I'm traveling to clubs. So I'm spending time with the, the, the front line, um, learning more about what, uh, what they experience on a day-to-day basis. And I'm usually training in, a, in an Equinox if I'm on the road. Mm-hmm. But before that, Seoul, you know, 96 yeah. locations on the Seoul side. So yeah, I try to get it in, even if I'm on the road. So have you stayed in the hotel, the new Equinox I hotel have. here? I have. My wife and I, had the pleasure of um, doing a little bit of Only been the open, what, spa. A month or so? It's been open. Um, July 15th okay. was sort of All soft right, open. Summer. So yeah, we, we opened summer. over the summer. Um, we got to stay. We had dinner with Steven Starr. Um, and the hotel's amazing. It's, it is exactly the way Harvey Spivak, our executive chairman, Chris Norton, our CEO of hotels, planned it. It is a heightened brand experience. You feel like you're in the club as you move to the hotel. Same sort of brand imagery, same aesthetic, um, very high-end lifestyle, luxury. But it feels like you're in the same brand experience, which um, we're looking to replicate in probably seven to ten locations around the world over the next five years. What's the next city, can you say? We're looking at a, a, a bunch of cities. So some in the U.S., um, L.A. and Seattle are two on the roadmap. And then we're looking into cities like London, Germany, and others, um, Asia Pac as well. So mm-hmm. it, it puts us from a, an Equinox group standpoint um, in a much bigger global position than we've been in. We have three clubs um, after we open our third club in London. Um, we're in Canada um, with a couple of clubs. Seoul opened in London, also in Canada. So we're slowly becoming global, but most of our footprint is New York and California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I heard I was reading that Mick Jagger had lunch there yeah. a little while. What do you have for lunch? I don't know what Mick Jagger had for lunch. I will tell you, <laughs> you though, were that there. these are really interesting phone calls that we get often. Uh, Mick Jagger's having lunch. Draymond Green is in the club. Um, LL Cool J is in the club. Mark Wahlberg wants to work out at 4 a.m. Can you open? Sure you can. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people who are um, really kind to us. And, um, you know, Harvey sort of has cultivated many relationships, um, you know, where, where people have gone out of their way to support him, to support the brand. And, you know, we do everything to uh, everything we can to support them as well. Very Danny Meyer-esque. Well, it's, I was just with it, some of his team last week and remarkable culture. It, it is, um, it's, it's interesting. The, the book that I'm reading right now um, is, is Danny Myers. You know, 
everything Setting is hospitality. Table, is that what you're yeah, 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 yeah. So it's sort of I I started um and now I'm sort of getting back into it. But I think the whole world is is about hospitality, mm-hmm. and I think every brand um, that understands that their job is to be in service of a member or consumer or or people in general, they've got to have they're going to have a leg up because um, I think a lot of brands sort of miss that opportunity to concierge even if you're not a brand that concierges. I was just on 14th Street yesterday and I visited the Lexus Intersect place space. Mm-hmm. And it's the Lexus, the car, the luxury yep. car. They have this like three floor space where it's kind of like a coffee bar, kind of like a library, kind of like a restaurant. There was a fashion exhibit there. And it's Lexus trying to reframe how people see that brand and yep. put it in a different context beautifully designed, has a very Japanese kind of aura. And Danny Meyer and Union Square run the restaurant and they bring in chefs every three to four months to create a different menu and his team helps them execute. I mean, really cool. But again, it's about kind of reframing how people think about that brand. Yeah, I think um, another brand that that I think has done a wonderful job of thinking thinking about things out of the box is um, T-Mobile. We spent a lot of time with T-Mobile when I was at uh, Wonderman, and I think they're reimagining the you know the places where you go to buy phones. And you know if you look at their Las Vegas location, you can have a drink. They've rebranded their sales reps as tech specialists. You could sit there for two and a half hours and learn everything about your phone. Nobody will rush you out. Nobody will try to close your sale. There's a very Different brand experience. Talk about flipping the experience in a category that people typically hate hate to go to. Almost more than tobacco. It's (laughs) it's amazing. Yeah. So listen, we're already getting into some stuff. I want to learn a little bit more about you for our listeners before we jump into this new job you have. You were uh, 27, 28 years in the agency business, coming out of Syracuse with a marketing degree, almost 30 years. And you've had amazing jobs. CMO and CEO jobs at places like Wonderman and RGA and Digitas. I mean, you know, top, top, top agencies. So I want you to reflect on that almost 30 years for a bit in terms of sort of what prepared you for this role coming out of that. Kind of what, uh, and, and what made you want to move from that really interesting world yeah. onto the client side? I actually, funny enough, never wanted to be a client. Um, I love the agency business. I love the messiness. I love being in rooms with really smart people trying to answer really tough questions. Um, Equinox is one of those brands for me, as as we talked about, um, it is who I am. When you think about sort of um, this notion of living a high-performance lifestyle, that's what I do every day, wake up at five, get in some sort of a training So you've been doing session. that for years. I've been doing it for about 12 years. So I was a member of, of Equinox for 12 years, and then I was doing Equinox and Seoul for, for 10. Um, but, but that's who I am. So I had the pleasure of meeting Harvey Spivak, our executive chairman, um, in Cannes two years ago, friend of a friend. We had a good conversation, just sort of an introduction. And um, when I was leaving WPP or thinking about leaving WPP, um, I just set up an hour to try to pick Harvey's brain. Mm. You know, it's one of these moments where it's sort of like, if I can get an hour with him, let me just sort of think, see what he thinks. And you were CEO of Wonderman at that point, right? I was, so was transitioning from the CEO of Wonderman into a sort of WPP Got position yeah. and trying to figure out what that next move was. And the, the more Harvey and I 
talked about it, the more passionate I got about the member experience and and what's being delivered today and how they express themselves in social and trying to create a, an authentic and unique story arc from the brand to connect with members and prospect. And the, the more we talked about it, the more I think it became evident to him that he needed some performance with the brand that he was building. And, you know, a lot of my career has been sort of a blend of brand building, but also not sacrificing, you know, the performance with that. So the more we talked, the more we, we both got interested, the more I got close to the culture. It's, it's the most unbelievably diverse um, company from every aspect. And it's a 29-year-old company that is made up of, you know, group fitness instructors and, and personal trainers and people who, who clean the clubs it's this mashup of people from all walks of so life. So how many people work? So about 15,000 people. Wow. And, and every single person, doesn't matter if you're folding a towel or you're an executive, the, the same respect, the same um, level of commitment to the brand, um, where it came from. It was, it was an unbelievable experience to, to be seeing people without a corporate mandate to be diverse this company has been diverse for 29 years coming out of the original sort of founding principles, but Harvey's, you know, sort of lived by it authentically and it just became who, who we are. Who is a most remarkable client you worked with or one or two over those 20, 25, yeah, I, 30 I, years? I, there's, there's yeah, I know. so yeah, many. It's an unfair so question. I, I think, um, Early on in my career, American Express, I, I spent a, about seven years working with American Express. Um, you know, I have a sort of, I spent time with um, Steve Squarey when, when he was running what was establishment services at the time. And I was the management supervisor at, at uh, Digitas. Um, some lessons from meetings with Steve, who's now the CEO of, of American Express. But American Express was, I think, a really interesting balance of Good people, starting with Ken at the time, um, really respected the brand and smart. And and if you were willing to learn, there there was so much to learn. Even as you were the per, you know the person that was hired to to help them execute whatever they were executing. So that was kind of like going to college for marketing um, with American Express. And then they have a great campaign now, by the way, the TV yeah, campaign. Elizabeth is is. She's done some yeah, really interesting it's, stuff. It's very, I don't know, it's very moving in a funny way. The music is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Deb Curtis is a, is a very good friend of mine. She runs partnerships, events, sponsorships. They've done a very good job tapping into the passions of their members in a very authentic way. They show up in a real way. And they, they, they spend a lot of time thinking about the benefits that members will get and how they'll support them through that, that, that journey. And we have... A, a pretty big partnership with American Express as well. So sort of comes full circle. Um, Delta, I spent a lot of time uh, with Tim Mapes and the Delta team as they came out of bankruptcy. Richard Anderson joined. Um, and it was so interesting to see, I think Tim Mapes described it as um, pre-bankruptcy, Delta was like um, arriving at a cocktail party at a friend's house just after the couple had had a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically like that uncomfortable, no one smiles, no one knows what to do, but no one likes anybody. It's a, it's a tough situation. And I think what, what Richard brought was a focus on that front line. Our 80,000 or 88,000 um, employees matter most. And if they're happy, 
everybody is going to have a better experience. And through that, it was very interesting because, you know, as an agency person, you think you can change everything and you learn very quickly that you can't fix travel. Travel, Mother Nature is going to do whatever she wants to do. But if you can be there as, as sort of a recovery vehicle, and we talked about this notion of service recovery and 100% digital connectivity, a lot so of- So service their, recovery, say more about that. So service recovery is um, in, when you lose a bag or your bag is misplaced or mishandled, you don't stand in a dark corner of the baggage terminal waiting an hour and a half for someone to tell you that your bag didn't show up, but we'll try to find it. So we built a lot of the functionality related to your bag has just been loaded on the plane. Your bag was loaded off the plane. I love that. If your bag is not loaded off the plane, here's where your bag is. So it took the mystery out of you know the a, a place of friction, which was there for, I don't know, 100 years it felt like. And that, you know, that was when we fall down, how do we recover with you in a way that was seamless? And then, you know, they deliver it as quickly as they can, but you know where it is, which is that anxiety of, you know, being taken away. We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. I'll ask you this in our wrap-up, but um, there's a brand, a brand that I would really miss if it went away is Delta. You know, I, I fly them almost, I fly them every week, really, and I've seen the transformation. And yeah. I, I, you know, not everything always goes well, but I feel like I'm informed, they care, they're trying their best, they're human, so I, I'm a huge fan. In fact, they made me a 360 member. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So I'm still trying it's, to figure it's, it's, out. It's, a, it's sort of the best and worst of, yes, the, of, yes. of the situation. But again, you know, when, when you land in Seattle and there's a Porsche waiting for you. Yes. Or, you know, what I think is really wonderful is my wife's stat, uh, my status travels with my wife. So if I take a personal trip and I'm using miles and they upgrade me and there's a seat, she gets upgraded yeah. with me. It's just, it's just so again, smart. in service. Yeah. Of that, of that, you know, member. You're the first the other 360 member I've met. I, I've had because some other people don't even know what it correct. Is. But, but have you have you had situations in airports? I've had situations in airports where somebody will be next to me and they go, "Oh, you, you're a diamond," and <laughs> okay. I go, "I'm actually a diamond 360." She's like, "What? What, what is that? that? Yeah, what is that? There's a mystery to it. Yeah, it's great. It's a great move. I feel very special, which is good. Yeah. So now uh, we're going to flip out of your agency career to the job that you're only in 14 weeks yep. or so, and that is CMO of Equinox. So what's your remit? I mean, it seems to be, I mean, they're, they're a 30-year-old brand almost, still have sexiness and appeal yep. and so on and so forth. So you had that meeting with Harvey. How'd that make its way into an offer? And now what are you, I know you're learning right now, yep. but what's your remit right now? What's your kind of first so it, three months you, look like? I mean, un unbelievably humbling. I mean, it's sort of like you come from a, a CEO of a $700 million business 4,000 people, and you're dropped into this club fitness business. 
Um, so it's it's pretty which humbling. is pretty big, right? It's pretty big. Yeah. 101 clubs. Yeah. Um, you know, the launch of the hotel, yeah. very ambitious goals. You know, so first first is sort of humbling. I got I got I, I need to really learn a business and a culture, um, and it's a it's a nuanced business. So it's it's kind of simple, right? We need more members. We need to keep the members we have, and then once you're a member, we need you to do personal training or mm -hmm. Pilates or spa. So it's kind kind of simple, but what it takes to run a club, what it takes to understand the operations of the club, the financial model, how we evaluate new real estate, how we interrogate communities, how we stand up in service of members is unbelievably um, complex, um, simple and complex. And um, so first is sort of humbling as I learn a new business. You know, my remit lines up with our, our objectives, right? So bring a... Um, a much stronger uh, performance, data and analytics ethic to the acquisition machine that we're building, and we've been making progress. But we're we're a business that grew almost double digits, twenty seven of twenty nine years. So wow, when when you when you do that, how much marketing do you, do you really need? You know, it's sort of like you don't need that much sophistication. I think the the marketplace is changing. There's a a big boutique business. Um, and, and consumers want different things. So as we evolve, um, we need to figure out that acquisition piece. I mean, the, 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 the main thing is keep the differentiation on the brand side, right? I mean, we have always been sort of um, a fitness club, but a, really a luxury, a lifestyle luxury company. And that's part of the brilliance of how Harvey built the brand. It doesn't feel like Crunch or any other gym. It's because we're not a gym. I mean, we're, we are truly a club um, so that brand differentiation is critical. The third piece is to just really build out um, more of a personalized member experience and a member marketing program. Um, we've invested a significant amount of money in the right infrastructure and marketing automation to be able to understand what people do. I mean, it's really a closed loop that we've got. We, we've got self-reported data, we've got engagement data, and we've got transactional data. So the challenge is to put all of that together such that we can then show up in support of our members with more relevant things in more relevant places more often. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece would just be connect the physical and the digital. So make that app experience feel like an in-club experience. Um, the brand you, traditionally was a January campaign, and then it was a lot of sort of group fitness product launches. Um, it's I remember going, the commit to something. That's the campaign that that's that's yeah. the that's the campaign that Wyden yeah. um, created for uh, for Equinox, and I think it's some of their best work. I think the line is um, a business strategy and a marketing strategy, which is um, hard to do. But um, you know, committing to something could be as simple as you know changing your diet or getting in a in a club six days a week. Um, and um, so we, we don't lose that sort of ethic, but where we are today is this notion, which was launched, I think, in 2006, which is it's not fitness, it's life. And I think it's, it's probably more relevant today than it was then. Then it was more of a line to pull people out of that lift weights in a dark room. Today, life is no separation, right? You think about fitness, you think about nutrition, you think about what matters most to you, that's life. It's not like I, I exercise and then I have life. 
you manage your time and in, in support of what's most important to you. Yeah. What have you learned in these early days at Equinox about that culture that has cultivated this special brand and 27 of 29 years, double digit growth? Yeah. What is the magic in the culture? I, I think the magic in the culture is that it's it's always been a safe place for anybody and everybody to bring everything they have. It is it is a place where your best self, whatever that self is, was always the most important thing that people brought. And there there are people there. I think we my three days before I started, I went to Hollywood, Florida to be a part to observe their expo forum, which is group fitness and personal training. Um, and their ancillaries, just celebrating um, a successful year and people who had done great things. It was the most diverse. So it was all employees. Mashup. It was yeah. no. It was just. It was just really the the ancillaries, as we call okay. it. Okay. So um, parts of the business, um, but the the most amazing uh, mashup of people from different walks of life. And at one point, I think somebody said, you know, everybody who's here for more than twenty years stand up and. Maybe there were 450 people, 100, 150 stood up, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, 12 years, 15. Like people Amazing. stay Especially because in your industry, right? you, you, you feel like it's a brand that you, you know, you, you grow up with, you, you keep learning, but it's something that has connected on a, you know, hearts and minds, not as a, just a, a business level. Mm-hmm. So you talked about distinctiveness a few minutes ago and key, it's part of your remit, right? Keeping distinctiveness yep. going. Your category is a lot more cluttered than it was 29 years ago. Not ours. We're, we're, well, we're a category of one. Okay. Well, good. We'll, we'll talk more <laughs> about that. We're a category but of one. We were one. talking before the podcast about yes. where I go for fitness. Yes, I don't go exactly. to Equinox yeah. yet. And we'll, 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 maybe we'll do something about that. Yeah, yeah. But I have a lot of options and I have a lot of factors that go into that. Yes, so how do you, how do you stay um, a category of one? I mean, so, very few brands do that. I mean, I would say maybe maybe Tesla's one of those, maybe Apple. I, you know, what else? I, I think it, it comes down to um, a couple of core principles. What, one is figure out who you are and then be that authentically as, as, as long for as long as, and as much of the time as possible. The second is you've, you've got to disproportionately invest in support of the experience that matters to the people that matter most to you. Um, almost every dollar that we make um, goes back into renovating clubs and opening new clubs. Um, we, we spend, it, it, it's amazing the amount of time and energy that our real estate and design team spend thinking about, it's almost like car designing a car, you know, four or five years out, you have to figure out what the future trends are. We're in the same exact position. So we, we have a very sophisticated design group, real estate group, and then it comes down to what is this heightened brand experience? How do we continue to push for something that no one would expect and that no one gets anywhere else? That goes all the way down to cleanliness. When we do NPS scores, cleanliness- Net promoter scores. Yeah, you, net promoter Would you scores. recommend this to a friend? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, cleanliness is one of the top things by far. So we, we are- um, we're doing everything we can to give our members an experience that no one else gives them. Do you use PNG products to keep it clean? <laughs> I, we, 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 it's a I, joke. I, I don't think we do. We have a very large deal with with with, with several other <laughs> I'm sure you manufacturers. Do. Yeah. 
So how do you decide, you're now in a hotel and you're, you have these amazing experiences. How do you decide sort of how to line extension this amazing brand? And what sort of decision-making process? It's a challenge many people have. Yeah. I have this, uh, we had away luggage on a separate podcast. Yep. They're now getting into travel services and publishing and blogs and podcasts, a media company. Yep. So, and we talk, walk through their decision making. How do you think about that? So, uh, again, you're new, new I know. guy. Yeah. I, you know, I think I think hotels was probably a ten year old idea that Harvey had. When when you sit down with uh, the leadership team and Harvey specifically, you you get a sense of the ambition that that the brand possesses. Um, there are um, hotel extensions. We've got something called Equinox Explorer, which is we're taking people. This week we have. Um, about 12 people in Morocco on a um, a trip you can only get um, from Equinox. It's similar to um, some of the high-end travel that you would get with other partners, but you're summiting in Morocco, you're doing yoga and places. See, know, I would places. love that. Maybe that's my entry point. And you, and you could, you could. Um, you know, we opened Precision Run, um, which is something that was inside of our club that our members loved, but we thought, you know, maybe this is a boutique opportunity and it's working. We're in New York. We're going to open LA um, so very Precision shortly. Run is a running experience. Is a running experience outside, inside. That's just inside. Just inside. Yeah, inside. created by a guy named David Seek, who's um, been a runner all his life. But it's sort of by by runners for runners. It's story driven, and um, you know people love it inside of the clubs. And you know we're we're pushing it out into into a boutique experience. Um, you know Harvey, we bought SoulCycle. We have Blink. We're starting a digital product named to be determined. So we're going to be competing with um, the Pelotons and Mirrors of the World. So there, there's no shortage of ambition. I think everything, though, back to your question, is very tightly tied to high-performance lifestyle. What what do people want as they strive to achieve more? And And again, it goes back to the very simple mission that we sort of live by, which is creating possibilities for people to maximize the potential within themselves. And if... and it, it's a so wonderful that would balance. Be your brand purpose, what you just so that's said. It's a, that's yeah, that's the mission that's been in yeah. place for I think the mission twenty one years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this wonderful balance of creating possibilities for people to maximize potential. Um, and, and there's how always, does that come to life in daily life? It's twenty one years old. You said you know we talk about brand purpose a lot on yeah. this podcast. It's easy to say it. Yeah. It's harder to live it. So what have you learned in this twenty one years? I know you're new. You're studying, but. What, how, what sort of rituals, practices, principles do you have so that that is embedded yeah. in people's work and yep. how they're evaluated and how you hire? Mm -hmm. So it, 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 um, it, I guess the, the, the short answer is, um, it, we continues to be a work in progress. Um, it is firmly embedded in, as you said, the hiring process, how we evaluate talent, um, it also makes its way um, very overtly into engagement on the floor with with members. So we think about the orientation of personal training very much from that orientation of maximizing potential. How do we understand the motivations of people? What are their goals? And then how do we help them achieve their their potential? Same thing with group fitness, same thing with Pilates, yoga, the orientation of pretty much everything we do. Spa, we're transforming from just sort of spa into spa plus body lab. Body Lab is a little bit more of um, the next iteration of regeneration, thinking about sleep, nutrition, other things that um, 
again, go beyond what is expected inside of a fitness club or a gym. Um, we're always thinking about what, what our members' goals are as that fodder for what, what, what can we bring them that's going to help them achieve their goals. Um, you know, so it, it's, a, it's a, a line that sort of connects pretty much everything that we do. So you're, I know all of your trainers, et cetera, are great, fantastic, fabulous as part of who you are. But what, do you, what makes for an exceptional trainer? I don't yeah. know what your name is. You have trainers and you have instructors and you have teachers. Yep. What makes for one that just is just you know, best, best in the world? What are the characteristics? So what can a, we learn from that? Yeah, right? I think they're in the engagement couple, business. A couple of things, business. right? So create an environment where they feel great. They feel safe no matter where they come from. We have, we have people who work in Wall Street and are trainers. We have people that come from, you know, um, cutting hair or, you know, colorists who transition to teach yoga, marketing executives, consultants that make their way into group fitness instructors. So creating a place where you feel safe learning, a lot of training, um, a lot of support through the training curriculum, um, the leadership gets incentivized by how they take people from sort of, you know, starters on the on the training side all the way through. Um, the personal training um, regimen is really difficult to get from tier one to two to three, three plus, and then tier X. We make a, it's probably a nine month commitment if somebody wants to become a, a tier X coach because you, you're learning new things. You're coaching versus training. You're much more committed personally to that person. It's a very different relationship. So I think it's first creating an environment where people want to be. That's about learning, supporting them through the growth with real training and investment. We spend millions and millions of dollars on training to make the people who are facing off with our members as good as they can be. And, you know, I mean, in, in, in the world we live in, training has gone away in many aspects. I think if you're lucky to work for somebody smart who takes an interest in you personally, we set it up so that everybody, the goal is to get them to be better. And everybody doesn't make it to, to become a tier X coach, but they're, they're making their way up. They're getting more sophisticated and we're, we're spending a lot of time teaching them how to, how to be a better coach or trainer. Do you train and coach yourself? I train. I don't, I actually have a trainer and a and coach. You do, okay. So but you have, don't train others. You don't, I don't coach train others. others. Is that an aspiration of yours? No, I, I time you know, or in, not your thing or what? You know what? It's, um, it, it's my, my thing. I, I, I enjoy, just like you said with cardio tennis, I enjoy being the student. I enjoy, um, having somebody else sort of take me to a different place, push my body, push my mind. Um, I, I love what I do. Um, so I don't, I don't know the, where I, where I would find the time to, uh, to, to actually commit because I would need to commit somewhat full time to be able to learn what it takes. Mm -hmm. You've worked with, I don't know, in your career, hundreds of clients, maybe hundreds of clients. Yeah. Thousands probably. Yeah. So, um, so I want you to talk a little bit about, um, what marketing is at, you've seen marketing in many companies, but what's marketing like where you are at this firm that you're starting to learn? Mm -hmm. So what is it? If you had to put marketing work into buckets, where would that fall? And what do, the, what do your people do day in and day out? Yeah. In I, aggregate. I, so I, I look at marketing as organizing everything you do around. For us, it's a 
prospective member or a member. I think. So work backwards um, from the perspective. From, from, yeah, because yeah, I think I think you need to understand what they want or need, who they are, where they are contextually, to then be more relevant to them. Um, our current marketing um, is comprised of, as I said, an acquisition mm -hmm. team, um, a brand and social team. Um, we've got people who are very focused on member marketing. It's a, that's probably the biggest focus for us is to um, develop something that is more concretely valuable to our members that uses the data that we've got in support of them, sort of this ally proactively and reactively supporting them. Um, a lot of uh, digital user experience, the app is today a very important engagement um, experience for us. Um, actually, going, I'm hoping to become a much bigger engagement experience. We, we know that if people show up in the club, then they're going to stay with us. And, and people stay with us for, for the better part of three years from That's an LTV average. standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, I think we can do better there. But if they don't come to the club, they leave us. In-club engagement is the biggest predictor. What's the average per month visits for a member? So it, it varies widely. Yeah, we've got we've got people almost. who are you know in the one to two, zero to one. Um, we've got a lot of people in the two to four, um, and surprisingly, we've got a lot of people in the seven to ten. We have people who check in twice a day, multiple times a week, and they may do weight training in the morning and they may do cardio in the afternoon. But there are a lot of people who spend a lot of time in our club. We have people who use our personal trainers six days a week. Um, people really enjoy um, the, 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 the ability to see change in their, in their own lives. Um, and that's, I mean, again, if you go back to sort of why this would be the only place for me from an agency to client standpoint, I mean, we are changing people's lives every day. And it's not about sort of hocus pocus if you take this medication. Like if you show up you're healthier. Probably your nutrition is better. Um, you sleep better. You feel better. Um, all good things. What advice do you have for people to turn that corner? I'm, I'm lifting away from Equinox here and really yeah. talking about life in general because I, you know, I see everybody in fitness clothes now, but the trends in exercise, I don't know exactly what they are, but we still have uh, you know, a lot of disease in our country because of yeah. diet and exercise really. If, if, uh, that's that's the biggest thing. If we impact it, I think could change our healthcare mm -hmm. system. So what is it? What can I'm, I'm kind of an advocate because it, to me, it's I when you're when you make it a habit. I mean, I w I really miss it when I don't do it. Yeah, I didn't exercise this morning, and I miss that. Yeah, mentally and physically. Yeah. So how do you? What's your advice for people to turn that corner? I, I don't know if I like for me it was it, it's just com it is back to that sort of very simple line, but I I need to be fully committed. And there are times where, you know, I, 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 I struggle to be committed. Um, but when that alarm goes off at five, I, I get up. Maybe some fear that my wife will, will kill me if I press snooze. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I set the alarm and I get up. And um, I think you, you need to sort of self-impose and, and then see what you can do. Um, we're about to, um, early 2020, conduct um, a health study because um, I'm curious as you are if people come once or twice a week if they come four or five times a week 
if they do a battery of different things, what changes happen in their lives? And I think that there's physical things, but there's a lot of mental things. Um, I'm super interested in, you know, anxiety, um, depression, understanding how exercise um, impacts our members. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time signing up for the causes that matter to our members and the communities that they live in. Um, something that we're we're going to be working with Maria Shriver on. Um, we, we've been a, a partner of hers for a couple of years now is, is Move for Minds. Um, and, and she knows, they know that people who are focused on fitness um, have the, you know, Alzheimer progression, early onset is, is slowed. People whose brains are used for exercise um, are in better health. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we spend a lot of time there. We spend a lot of time with MSK on, on rare diseases. Um, we're super curious to figure out that, that intersection of health and, uh, and fitness. It's quite a brand purpose. Yeah. And, yeah, and really. people, I think we've raised $225 million with MSK and, and, you know, curing rare yeah. cancer. That's and Memorial Sloan Kettering. If Memorial Sloan Kettering. Big, Correct. Cancer. Yes. So that's, that's yeah. kicking off, um, for 2020, um, kicked off with MSK, but formally next week. So it's a, that's a big, big place for us because we've co-created this thing called Psycho for Survival with MSK. And, um, you know, all of our clubs participate. Um, we, we're so behind trying to find the answers to some of these really difficult questions, rare cancer. Does that start with Harvey? Absolutely. Yeah. Starts with Harvey. Starts of- with Scott Rosen, who's our president, mm-hmm. Judy Taylor, um, who's on my team, who leads uh, philanthropy events and experiences. But I think Judy's been with Equinox for 26 years. So she and Scott, who's been there, I think, 16 years, really started um, many of these from nothing. We, you know, we, do, um, we support something called the Heroes Project, where we have um, veterans uh, who are amputees. We train them. I think we've climbed all seven um, of the highest peaks in the world. Um, so, so really investing in, um, you know, the business that we're in and, and how we can do good for the communities and the, and the members that matter most to us. Mm-hmm. And it starts with Harvey, absolutely. How do you do your R&D and innovation at Equinox to think about the next generation of fitness or wellness or, you know, do you, is it under you or is it a group thing? Or are you deliberate about this? Do you have mm-hmm. sort of an R&D pipeline? Yeah, it's a great question. We, so we come at it from a lot of different angles. Um, we have a lot of partners that we spend a lot of time with. So um, Woodway, from a treadmill standpoint, um, you know, all of our fitness providers, partners, um, are constantly innovating from that perspective. We spend a lot of time. Um, we've got a ventures group, which spends a lot of time just listening, investing as well, but listening and thinking through what partnerships are right for us. But in a lot of those situations, you're sort of, you're hearing on the ground why people are founding new companies based on what trend, what insight. Um, we spend a, a, a lot of time with the academic community, specifically UCLA. So we, we, we've got a co-sponsored sleep study with UCLA, which has led to a tremendous amount of content for our TRX um, coaches to help people sleep better. Because we know if you sleep better or while you sleep, the brain sort of cleans itself. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, work harder, a lot more anxiety. People don't sleep very well or not as well as they, they used to. So we, we come at it from 
a lot of different angles, but um, first and foremost, just listening, being, you know, you can be in a business for 30 years and not, and, and pretend you know everything, or, you know, you can be hungry and humble and, and, you know, seek out points of view from people who are bringing different things. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. So I want to end this wonderful interview with sort of a slow lightning round. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few things, and I just want to get to you know, know you as a person and yep. leader a little bit better. So the first question is, what's your favorite location, Equinox? Hudson Yards. Hudson Yards, okay. Hudson Yards. Our new flagship club um, just opened um, a couple of months ago. It is blow you away impressive. It's, it's huge. The views, the, the ceiling, floor to ceiling windows looking out on the water um, are amazing. The spa is by far the best we've built. It's connected to the hotel, so you've got that experience. We've got um, Steven Star. It's the first club where we've got we're serving alcohol. Mm. So we've got. I don't know if you've seen. If you look at our post from yesterday, we posted a picture of the pool. Um, it's it's incredible. So Hudson Yards. For sure. How many days a week are you there? I, I, I'm, we're moving there on the 7th of October. So we, our whole team, the corporate team, will be um, right above the club and below the hotel. Oh, good for you. But I spend my time at 44th Street or yeah, 74th Street. you said. Your wife, does she share this passion? She does. My wife is, um, she, she spends a bunch of time at Seoul. She spends a bunch of time at SLT. Um, she's somebody who, who also sort of subscribes, maybe even more than, than me, to this high performance lifestyle. So she's she's into it and um it makes it easy for both of us to to love different things but also to sort of come together in that. When we travel, you know, we find places where we can train and enjoy, you know. It's 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 a nice sort of uh it's a nice marriage. It's almost 26 years. Congratulations. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'm 36. Another it's good. topic. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I'm still in love. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So what's a brand, I told you I would really miss Delta if it went away, and it won't, thankfully, but what, what brand or service would you really miss other than the one you're working at now if it went away? My, my yeah, my, my, the, the people at, at Equinox will kill me, but you know, I, Soul has, has been a, a brand that for me um, has always, you know, since I experienced it, has been something that I, I hold close. I think the founders, Julie and Elizabeth, did a wonderful job creating an environment where people can feel whatever they, whatever way they want. But you're part of a pack, and um, it's a, it's a place where you can be an endurance high, you know, performance athlete, but you can also be somebody who is there to lose weight or or um, you know find your own place, and and you're doing it with others um, unexpectedly for me. Um, you know, when you show up for, at 5.45 every day with the same people, you get to know them. And there's, there is that community plus the experience. And then I think, the, you know, there's a spirituality that comes with it, which I've learned through this process is really important to 
who you are. And I think a lot of my management style comes from a place of positivity, listening with positive intent. And, and that's a game changer. I think, you know, you, you spend a lot of your time with a lot of people. And if people don't come at things with positivity, it, it's a different, it's, you know, it's a different air. And yeah, creativity things. can't happen. No, it just can't. And I, you know, I find that I listen to an instructor talk about um, their perspective on, on a given morning. And it puts my, you know, it, it makes me think about who I want to be and, and why I want to be that. And when I sit down with my teams, I, I'm much more positive. I, I enjoy my job. I enjoy what I do. Um, it's brought different perspective to, uh, to how I look at pretty much everything. Is there a, f- a fitness or wellness uh, initiative or trend or brand that you admire right now or you think, man, I wish we had done that? Is there anything out there that you say, wow? Yeah, I mean, I think from an Equinox standpoint, a soul standpoint, you know, I think what Peloton did was um, very brave. And how they did it, you know, building their own bike, building their own sort of infrastructure um, was very brave. And they came almost from nowhere. And that was something that, that should have been ours or souls. And they stepped in. And I think a lot of their communications early on resonated with that mom or, or that dad. And, you know, in-home is, is here to stay. So, you know, we'll see. I think, I think digital is the next big wave. Um, it's razors and blades though, Jim, right? You, you sell so many yeah. bikes yeah. and now you got to sell digital subscriptions and digital subscriptions is a different business than selling sure hardware. It is. Yeah. And, the, you know, it takes different skills, a different orientation. You've talked about positivism. You've talked about Harvey as an inspiration. Who are some other leaders that you find really inspiring? So I've, I've been the poster child for Lucky. I had... Um, first chapter at Wonderman, I had a guy named Mitch Kurz, who longtime YNR guy who moved from YNR to run Wonderman. I think as, a, as an assistant account executive, I tried to leave Wonderman to go to Topps baseball cards. And um, somehow it got to Mitch that I was, I was thinking about leaving. And he's the CEO globally, and I'm an assistant account executive. And he comes over and he says, um, yeah, you're not, you're not going to Topps. I'm like, well, First of all, nice to meet you. You know, I was like, "How'd you know who, that? Who are you?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're not. You're not going to tops." And he, from that moment, took an interest in me. And um, one of the most um, wonderful, gracious um, leaders there were. I mean, if you his relationship with Ken Chenault when Digitas was was um, in service of American Express was just unbelievable. Um, so great mentor, David Kenny. Um, as I moved from Wonderman to um, to Digitas, David is the the most. David was the CEO at that time. David was the CEO yeah. of uh, Digitas. Yeah. Um, had just taken it public as I joined. Um, I don't think there's anybody in our industry that has more followership, that is more connected on a day to day, week to week basis with people that have worked with and for David than David. If you called David, if you worked with David and you had a relationship with him, you could call him any day on any time. He will get back to you as soon as he can. He, he's unbelievably connected and giving. And then, you know, you learn, you see somebody doing that in service of the people who are working for them. Um, an unbelievable leader, but from a place of, he talked about um, 
hollow eggs, Easter, hollow eggs and solid eggs. And, and he always wanted to build a company of people who are solid eggs. And, you know, it's just simple. Like, you know what that means. Yeah. Um, very strong metaphor. Very strong metaphor. Um, Laura Lang after David at, yeah. um, uh, at, at Digitas. Um, you know, I spent time with, with a, a, a bunch of really smart people inside of that Wonderman and Digitas culture. I think some of the greatest leaders in the marketing landscape today came out of those two companies. And I think a lot of it stems from the leaders. If you have good leadership and you, you, know, you have capacity to spend time with the people that matter to you, they're going to be good leaders and they're going to emulate the good stuff inside of you. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to get coaching um, and to be open to learning. You know, you're never going to be as good as you can be. So you just got to keep taking keep the feedback, learning, right? keep learning and trying to be trying to be the best you can. So, Seth, who else should we have on the CMO podcast? Who would you like to see, listen to? Who else would I want to listen to? Um, have you had Nick Drake? No. T-Mobile? No, we should. Yeah, yeah Nick. Amazing Nick, brand. Yeah, yeah. Nick. Um, Nick's one of those guys who has t- touched Nike and Adidas. Like he, He's got a very modern perspective on how brands should show up in support. He understands the digital side of it. He understands um, the infrastructure to an extent, but he's, he's super committed to understanding people. Um, and, you know, having been a part of Uncarrier, and what John's done at T-Mobile, CEO, John would yeah. be another yeah, person. Yeah, John would be amazing. Yeah. Um, just we would need three hours. Crazy, <laughs> but th- think about how crazy he is. But I, he's I, sincere. He cares about his people. His so customers. there's a myth. Yeah. John John um, signs his clothing when he goes to op centers, and people auction like they give away his sign. Like the guy listens to phone calls at his desk. He's consumer obsessed. Last question. What's your yep. workout tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning is a eight o'clock uh, tea time at Old Oaks. That's kind of a workout. It's, it's four hours of four hours <laughs> of walking, and by the way, mentally torturing myself. I have an eight thirty cardio tennis tomorrow. All right, so, so you'll get a good beating. You. You'll in in New York. No, in you're Cincinnati. going to Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Seth. This was wonderful. Thank, Thank you. And by the way, our, our listeners have asked for more fitness and healthcare and lifestyle. Great. So this was beautiful. Yeah. Whatever you need. Let me know. Okay, thanks, thanks again. Yeah. You got it. That was my conversation with Seth Solomons. What I loved about this conversation was actually coming into Seth's life in his first year as CMO of Equinox and how he has onboarded and how he has learned. And there are lots of lessons in here for anyone transitioning into a new job. That's it for this episode of the CMO Podcast. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I would be super happy if you subscribe so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.